Internet Brand Strategist, Sandra Beck, interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Ann Tucker and this is our personal power series. And you know, you better put on like your protective vest and your protective eyewear because the power that's going to come off today's show is going to be phenomenal. You've got two single moms, two successful single moms who are embracing the challenges that are thrown at them and coming up with them really creative solutions. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce, introduce you to Ann Tucker. She wrote a book, Undoubtedly Awesome, and she is undoubtedly awesome. <laughs> and she's got this great program called Wisdom Soup. I can't wait to hear about it. So tell me all about it. And how did you come up with the idea? Hi, thank you. Fantastic. So, okay. So, um, Back when I first started on my spiritual journey, I, you know, it frequently happens as you start opening up and asking questions. I gradually fell out of resonance with, with a lot of my friends. So um, I just, I really wanted to find my peeps, you know, who is it that's yeah. thinking about the same stuff that I am, but that is, that are on the same path. So I first I sent out like a, a, a you know an email to a bunch of my existing friends, sort of inviting them to come have these discussions. I got crickets, literally nobody, yes. like no one. Right. So I was like, okay, so this is not going to happen. So I thought, okay, what's my next best shot? So I started a meetup, and all I did is I yeah, and I I um I rented a space, and it was an expensive space, but I thought, okay, this is I wanted to have like a certain kind of I wanted it to feel like we were talking about woo woo things, but I yes. wanted it to feel safe. So I thought, okay, I'll find a nice, nice venue, stuck my flag in the ground, had no idea if anybody was going to show up. And that first meeting, and I did it with speakers. So every month I, and the first month I was a speaker, I had okay. 20 people show up the first time, literally wow. 20 people. And it was so much fun that I've kept it going now for three years. And I now have, uh, over 800 people are in the meetup. If you can imagine. Wow. And it has morphed into, I know, right? And I have, yeah, 800, over 800. And it's become such a community that, um, that people are showing up like it's, it's like massive life transformations from being part of this group. So it's become this whole, it started out because I had this problem, right? I had this problem that I was trying to find my tribe <laughs> and it became this huge thing in my life and in a bunch of other people's lives too, to the point where now I, I started because all these people, a lot of people that are coming are developing their gifts or their healers or their coaches or their people who are starting their own businesses. So I started the Wisdom Soup app um, to help them get found, to help people find the teachers and the healers that are going to help them move forward on their journey. So then, and then that, and then from there, I started the, the Wisdom Soup Spirit Summit, which is a huge annual event, which is sold out two years in a row. So you see, it just started with literally me sticking my flag in the ground because I had a problem. And well, it's, you had a problem and you put it out to the universe to help yes. solve it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So did you like meet lots of friends and like, so what happened? What, what are the, what are the, 
like the pluses from this. Yeah, huge. I mean, literally, I have a whole, yes, like tons of wonderful, like life affirming friends that have come from this. People that are right there for me. And they not only do they show up to the meetup every month, um, but but we collaborate in all kinds of different ways. And these are my friends. We we meet for lunch. We meet for coffee. We, you know what I mean? These are my my peeps, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it went from a place where I really was felt very much on my own to a place where I feel really super supported, which is incredible. It is incredible. I mean, yeah. and, you know, you took what was a challenge yeah. and really flipped it around because, you know, if it's your challenge, you know, there's more people out there with that same yes. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. That's exactly what comes up when people come and find this community. And I've had people come that tell me that this is you know, that this, the, 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 the way that it's turned their life around the, the connections that they've made and the, the friendships that they've formed. So it's, it's me, but it has this whole ricochet effect that I'm not even aware of. You know, I, there will be times when I get an email from someone or someone will come up to me and hand me a card, like a thank you note saying, this is what's happened in my life because of being part of this group, which is, you don't even know it until somebody, you know, it comes up later. It's, it's really, it's, so it's, yeah, so, so it's, yes, I, I have the social, but, but there's also this deeper level of fulfillment of being part of being in, you know, being able to provide this space for well, people. Of making a difference. Yes. You know, exactly. making a difference for someone. You know, I remember when I first was in radio, I was in radio like two or three years and I, I was um, getting divorced and my mom was dying of breast cancer. So my shows dealt a lot with some pretty heavy topics because yeah. they were the things I wanted to talk about. You know, I talked about these things and one of the episodes I did was, talking about how I felt with my ex-husband's affair. She was my friend. We were gym workout buddies. Our kids were all friends and, you know, kind of how devastating that fallout was. Well, the first couple episodes, I got so much pushback from people going, you shouldn't air your dirty laundry. You're poor kids. You're, you're oh. have no right to talk about, you know, um, your, you know, the, your ex-husband and his, I called it the affair partner. And I know it was probably yeah. her writing, all this stuff, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause some of the things, you know, were awfully spot on knowing things about my life. Like you should just be do- working on this. So, <laughs> but about like, you know, and I wrote some articles for a company, Inspire Me Today, all along the same genre. It was all about divorce, recovery, broken heart, and loss of trust with not only my my husband, but with my friends. Yeah. Because when a close friend betrays you, and then, you know, there's financial betrayal because they're using my company money to go on dates. Like, there are all sorts of layers. But And I felt really bad thinking, well, maybe I did air my dirty laundry. Maybe I did this stuff. And then I wrote these articles and even the moderator is like, wow, you know, you're really a downer. Like this is inspiring and, you know, you really need to give uplifting advice. And I'm like, well, validation is a big part of our healing process. So true. And like maybe a year went by. And so I stopped doing those things. Because I was getting negative pushback. Well, I get this letter, I kid you not, from this man in Iowa, an email. And he's like, you don't know me, but my wife of 50 years had an affair with my best friend. And when we were in our 70s, they decided to divorce their spouses and get married. 
And he's like, now he's like my kids, my grandchildren, they call me and they ask me if I'm okay. And he's like, I'm not okay, but I didn't know what to say. And he goes, I have listened to your shows over and over. I've read your articles. He's like, you gave me the languaging I needed to be able to tell my kids. He's like, when you said I was so ashamed that I was that family after all the good works that I've done, after all the things I've done, the community, not that I cared so much about me, but it brought shame upon my whole family. Yeah. And yeah. so I look back and I thought, you know what? It's, I'm listening to the wrong people. Yeah. Because the people who were talking to me about, oh, you shouldn't air your dirty laundry, you shouldn't do this, nah, 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 you're negative, they didn't walk in my shoes. Right. This man walked in my shoes. And there, right. you know, over the years, that series is still running. Those articles are still up because one of the articles is Yoga Did Not Help Me Learn to Forgive. <laughs> <laughs> I got very competitive in yoga. And, you know, this old man was next to me and he was so much more flexible than me. It really did not work for me to right, go to right. learn how to forgive. Um, you know, Krav Maga, punching and kicking things helped. But I realized, like, when you talk about a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. The tribe that resonated with me, you know, I wrote an article called Love is Free, Anger is Expensive. Yeah. And I think it's a great time for us to thank our sponsor for today. Yeah. Right now through November, you can try Zapier free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash coach talk. That's Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash coach talk for your free 14 day trial. That's zapier.com slash coach talk. You know, growing a business is especially hard because you know, I'm a single mom. I have two kids. They are in every activity under the sun. And I waste so many hours trying to move stuff from emails over to spreadsheets into my Dropbox. Yeah. All these things that should happen without lifting a finger. And Zapier is the easiest way to automatically connect your work because it connects all your business software and handles that work for you. Yeah. And it's so amazing. And you can focus on the things that matter most. So you're not wasting your time doing things that could be automated. Mm -hmm. And if you go to that special link, zapier.com slash coach talk, connect the apps you use most and let Zapier take it from there. And the easiest way to remember Zapier is it makes you happier. Yeah. So Zapier lets you instantly engage with leads, send them to a CRM or a spreadsheet, and then you can notify your friends, your team, your coworkers, whoever you're working with, your clients so that they can act fast on every opportunity. And that's just scratching the surface. Now there are tons of connectable programs in here. And when you go in there, there's 1500 apps. So that kind of gets a lot. So what I did was I made a list on a piece of paper of all the apps that I use on a regular basis. And it's really helpful because then you can go through and start connecting everything. And you, you push a button. It's like one click, you know, no more signing in and out and out and, you know, disconnects. It's starting to fail. So it's a huge time saver. And people report that you save 40 hours a month automating your workflow, which, wow, I could totally use that time. Yeah. Four and a half million users cannot be wrong. Zapier will make your life happier. So right now through November, try Zapier free by going to our special Zapier link at zapier.com slash coach talk. 
That's Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash Coach Talk for your free 14-day trial. And, you know, these articles that I've written, they're so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these articles resonate with people who've been through betrayals. Yeah. Yeah. And so why am I listening to the people who haven't walked this path? And I didn't know that at the time. And now I'm kind of beyond it. I don't even like to remember all that stuff. So I'll revisit it if it's, if it's helpful, but yeah. I'm not in the throes of it anymore. So I don't know. I suppose I could write articles about, you know, what it feels like 10 years later. Right. Right. Which you know, would be inspiring. Yeah. That would right, be, be hopeful. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. But finding your tribe when you're hurting, when you're lonely, when you're frustrated, when you're whatever, it's yeah. so important to know who to share with. And if you get negative pushback, it doesn't necessarily mean what you're doing is wrong. It's just not right for that person. You're so right. You're so right. And it's really easy when people get triggered, (laughs) then you get, you get pushback. But I think it's super important. Both you and I sort of step, we had a problem and, and sometimes that problem is right along where your fear is. Like, where is it that you're sad or unhappy or where are you experiencing fear? And that may be the place to step into that when you do, it's like all of a sudden you get super supported, right? If you're willing to take that leap into it, it's like with you getting pushback and you step into that. And then it sounds like you had a lot of success with what you were doing. Well, it, you know, it spawned more radio shows and speaking engagements. You know, I speak in front of women and even, even last night, you know, I, I love these calls because every once in a while they make what I experienced valuable and not that it was like the drama end of the world. I know there's people with a lot of worse things out there, Yeah, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, excuse me, that was the worst thing that had happened to me. Right. Yeah. So whether my yeah. trauma is more or less than yours, the fact of the matter was it was traumatic to me. My family was everything to me. My marriage was everything to me. And, you know, m- my trauma and your trauma can be completely different, but Hey, heartbreak is heartbreak. Loss yes. is loss. Grief is yes. grief. I don't care what the, the root cause of it is. Yeah. And there's no way for me to validate you without recognizing what you've gone through. And if I sit in judgment and say, well, if your dog dies and you are brokenhearted for a year, that's the way you're made. That's the depth of your relationship. I've had friends whose mothers have died and they're like, yeah, she was, yeah, we didn't really have a good relationship. It really didn't bother me that much for me. I missed my mom. I cried almost every day for a year. Yeah. You know, so you can't look at somebody's grief or pain or loss and um, make flip comments like, well, you know, it'll just get better. Right. Other fish in the sea. You're right. Exactly. It's like not. I hate that. Yeah. It's not cool. (laughs) No, it's not cool. And have you found that the people who say flip things like that are not even in the realm of the experiential levels you've had with whatever went on in your life? Yeah. Well, I, so I went through a similar experience, what you experienced. I had a similar, I had a betrayal as well. And, and the hardest thing I find coming out of it is, is, is my own awareness that I'm the, my desire to be able to forgive and move on and, and struggling trying to figure out how to do that. And for the people who don't relate, it's, I find that either it's because 
they don't want to face what's going on in their own life. Absolutely. Right. And so, and then some people who I would fall on a resonance with the people, the friends that couldn't stand with me during that time, they were the ones who maybe were, um, really, they were uncomfortable, right? It made, you know, my situation made them look at themselves in a way that they didn't like. (laughs) Absolutely. Like when I filed for a divorce and, you know, my kids were three months and three years old. Who does Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. I got so many negative, um, negative, I will just call it pushback. Yeah. From my peers, and a lot of those are divorced now, and they were happy marriages, but they couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. And I didn't really want to raise my kids in an angry, hate filled household where there's other women involved. Like that, you know, I couldn't be a good mother. I maybe some people can suck it up, I can't. Yeah. But right. when, and mine was very public because small town and she was oh. here for 18 years. Everybody knew, you know, cause they were fooling around in public places. Like, Oh no. And you know, sometimes women would look at me before I knew and they would be uncomfortable. And I thought, what am I like? Do I stink? Like <laughs> I couldn't figure out what, you know, but they knew. Uh, like, you know, when you're, when you're married and you have young children and you're, you know, your partner's a philanderer. Yeah. Other women know, and yeah. that they don't want to come and be your friend because it's awkward as all get out. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really, I find that, that, that I think that the, the way out of it for me was coming to the understanding. Cause in the beginning with my, my, you know, you, you, you need to have that validation, like you talked about. Like to, but the but the key thing about that is understanding that the person who needs to validate it is is you, right? The person who needed to validate it for me was me. That it didn't didn't matter how many people I told it to, it would never sort of answer my own internal upset. It had to get to a place where I sort of said, "Okay, this is how I feel, and it's okay." Right. right? That, that 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 and what happened? And here's the crazy thing: I have to say, this is what happened, and it's real. Like it really did happen. My experience is real. This actually happened as bad as I think it is. All of that is true. And getting to a place where I really could, because it's like when something bad happens to you, you have this weird disbelief, this feeling like. Well, and you disassociate. Like I kind of moved over into this other alternate reality where it didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's part of it is, is it's like, well, wait a minute, this kind of stuff doesn't happen to me. And, right. and like, I, you know, I didn't deserve this. What, how, why did it, it couldn't, you right, know, right. I go yes. to church, you know, I yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, why is this happening? Right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So that there's this really strong feeling of disbelief. So I think that validation is really an internal where you just have to acknowledge yourself over yes. and over again. Yes, it happened. Yes, it's true. It's as bad as it looks. It's, you know, really lay it out and allow yourself to believe it and then get to a place once you've done that, then the next step is then to understand that all of it happened for you, that nothing happened to you, that it's all there for you and to understand what it's there for, right? To get to that place where you start to see that, no, there is a way in which this was a gift that I coming now, here I am years past all of that. And my life is, nothing is the same and it's so much better and it would never have gotten to this place. I needed that to completely shake me free of everything that I was embroiled in at the time. Like all of my foundations were gone. Right. It burns everything to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Total, total burn down. And that was really in service to me. And now when I look back at that time, I recognize 
that, that I believe that we choose a lot of the major choices, major events that happen in our lives. We plan those before we get here. The marriages, the, the divorces, the, the big events. I really believe that those are things that we, that we make arrangements before we get here to make sure that we stay on a particular path. Sure. And I believe that the role that my husband at that time played was while I might not be crazy about him as, as, as who he is incarnate in this lifetime, I'm grateful to his higher self for being willing to be the schmuck in my life. <laughs> there you go. In order to shake me free of everything, I was asleep. You know, I was, I was sleepwalking through my life. Oh my and, God, me too. I, yes. I say that. Like, it's so weird because you're in Seattle. Yeah. I'm in LA. We've never yeah. met in person. But yeah. I, like, I was sleepwalking through my life. And you know, what clued me in when you were talking about that, about like, you know, having kind of this, you know, you get off your path and, you know, your life course corrects to go back on. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in my early twenties, I was writing for a large publishing house, writing romantic fiction, writing romantic comedies, loved doing that. Well, then I got married and then I kind of shifted onto the I'll just say like a money grubbing path. I left all that. I went to a large real estate house. I was, you know, in management, making a lot of money, the cars, the furs, the, I really do. I still have my beaver fur coat. I love it. Sometimes I sleep under (laughs) when I'm cold. I got it in Canada um, in a snowstorm, but you know, all these things, you know, and expensive watches, all these things. And then I had my kids and I, I really had built this massive acquisitional life yeah. But I wasn't happy, you know, and yeah. I wasn't happy with my spouse. And um, I was as much part of it as he was. And we could have worked things out. And the, the way I say that is before I pulled the trigger on my divorce, I exhausted everything. I read books, I went to therapy, we went to couples counseling, like, and when there was no other option, yeah. I mean, it didn't help that he was already living with the new girlfriend. So that kind of sped things along. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the brightest bulb in the chandelier when it comes to this stuff, but I had to do it at my own pace so that when I pulled the trigger on the marriage, I could say to my kids someday, and I've had to say this, I did everything I could. I did everything in my power. I exhausted all the resources with yeah. no other option left. That's when I filed from divorce from your dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that I could walk away feeling okay that I had exhausted everything in my power to make it right. Right, right. That when that also gives you a freedom to start building something new. And and in my divorce, I lost my house, my company, um, oh. my savings. You know, burned it all to the ground. Yeah. And now I'm in the build back. I'm about 10 years into the build back. I have a nice home. You know, there's always another home. So if you lose yeah. your home, just go, there's always another home. Right. Um, but I finished a book <laughs> that I started before my marriage. And it's on oh, a wow. publisher right now. And it's yeah. a romantic comedy. And I'm like, how did I get so off track? Wow. And my romantic comedy now has so much more depth because I went through a very painful situation. So when you look at are things ordained, do we agree to these things? Are they course correcting us back on the path? Now in the middle of it, you'll probably support me on this one. When you're going through it, there is no like recognition of like, I signed on for this and this is all ordained and it's just correcting my life. You know, at that point I was taking these journals and writing so many profanity words in them that my hand would ache. And then I'd have to burn them 
and throw them out. Like I threw one out in a Walmart parking lot, like 20 miles from my home. Yeah. Yeah. In California, you can't set fires or you burn the hillside <laughs> down. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive to this Walmart because there's so much trash there in the trash cans that I stuffed it way down <laughs> on the bottom. Now, no one would know my handwriting. You couldn't read it anyway. And there's tear stains all over it. Yeah. But one oh. journal got too hot with all that emotion. I had to jettison it. Yeah. 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 Good thing you did, right? You don't want that sitting around your house. Oh my gosh, it, they're like, mom's a psycho. How many times did she write the F word? And, you know, we kind of laugh about these things, but that's what it feels like yeah. in the middle of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that is one of the hardest things is, is you have this weird, this weird separation. Like you said, you do sort of become disembodied and you're aware that you have all these negative feelings and all this pain yeah. and you don't want to have it and you don't know how to get rid of it. Right. And that's, that's the struggle in the beginning is like, I don't want to feel this way and I don't know how to not feel this way. And but that's, you have to sit with it. You do. You have to, yeah, you have to sit with, you have to go through the process. Yep. Right. You and have to go through that process. And I think that first step is, is that, acknowledging it for yourself is, is yes, this is it becoming re-embodied. You know, that's the first step is saying, yes, this happened. It's all true. Like that to me was the most reassuring thing is that just telling myself over and over again, this was true. This really happened. This really happened. Cause a lot of affairs yeah. are in secret. Yes. You, like exactly. I didn't see all the things other people saw. It was just mm -hmm. a fact mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was told to me, you know, like yeah. one of my friends walked in on her husband and his girlfriend in their bed. Okay. Ugh. That's a shock. Thank right. God I didn't kill anyone. Yeah. But for most of us, it's just a fact. Like it's mm -hmm. just a statement of something. And then you see them together. Like the first time I saw them together, I was like, huh. Oh. like I just looked at them. Like, I guess it is real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's yeah. funny because I have a, I have a, a newspaper cover for my small town of a Toys for Tots event I did. And it's really funny because it's me in the front standing with my award and all the Marines around me. Oh. And then my ex-husband and his girlfriend are standing behind me and they're together like a couple. And this was way before I oh found out. Oh my God. So I was digging through some old papers and I looked at it and I thought, how did I not see that? Like, how did I not... <laughs> working. I've got two little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to see everything. And maybe I didn't want to, I, I can't look back and go, I was in denial, but yeah. I can't look back and say, I recognized it either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now it's, it's a, it's a really tough thing, but it is going through that process and getting to the point. Like now I can, I can, there's, I have no heat around that issue at all yeah. anymore. Like right. zero, which I was, it's, I'm so happy about that. And that's been years where it's been like, yeah, I'm totally good with it. You know what I mean? It's, I don't have any pain. I have no discomfort. Like it's, yes, it's not a person that I'm excited to be around ever. And I avoid because it's not, it's not, it's just not somebody that I'm happy well, to be I around. Would, right. Like it's, it, I don't have animosity and that's Yeah, no, I, I wish him well actually. That, yeah. Putting all that heat in those journals, you know, writing yeah. them out and I did mm -hmm. go to therapy, you know, all and released all that, that energy around it. Um, but that person today isn't someone I would ever be friends with today. Like exactly. I'm that's, that's a good yeah, that's a good way of phrasing because it's not. There's no heat. It's just that it's no. It's not somebody that I like. It's not somebody that I would choose to be friends with. Right. And I mean, yeah. You know, was I married to this person? Yes. Did I have children with this person? Yes. You know. Yeah. And mm -hmm. 
it's interesting how you can become so blase about it when something caused you so much pain. Yeah. And then you're just, and you know, the other thing that happens too, and you know, I lost my mom during the same, like my divorce was final in July. My mom died in September. So, you know, it was a, it was a rough time for me. And You know, when you talk about forgiveness, I think one of the things that was really hard for me, and this is the difference between a death and then a loss. Yeah. They're both, you know, they're both issues. They're both the same thing, but a death, there's a finality to it. Right. With a failed marriage, with a divorce, you know, with a um, dealing with a co-parent. Yeah. Is continual. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the forgiveness process, um, you know, and I know like somebody can't help but die, like right, right. You have to forgive them for dying. <laughs> there is, you know, there is some similar corollaries to this stuff between like a, a loss of a parent and a loss of a spouse, loss of a marriage, you know, they're all losses. Yeah. And then when you look back at yourself and go, wow, I kind of blew three years of my life of being like what I am today. Yeah. Because I was grieving. So there is forgiveness. And then with your co-parent or your ex-spouse, sometimes there's re-forgiveness called for. Yeah. Because they continue to do offenses to you, to your family, to you. That your... is super true. Yeah. No, and that's so super true. Forgiveness isn't just a one-shot deal. So when you say, Well, I forgive my ex-husband, I forgive myself for my part of the marriage. Then, you know, something happens with the co-parent and you're like right back at square one. <laughs> and so I like yeah. to use the term re-forgiveness. Some yeah. of these events in our lives cause us to have to re-forgive and work through some of those things because even though there's old stuff, it's a new betrayal. It's a new whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And that that definitely is true. And I find... I know for for myself in that marriage there was it was a karmic relationship for me and there was it didn't fully leave my life like it was the marriage was over and I had gotten to a place of forgiveness but then it reemerged like you said all of our issues around the kids later and that was because there was I hadn't totally cleared the karma around it yes. and once I finally did once I got the, the every last bit of it cleared out then he literally moved across the country and there's, I literally, it's like, he's completely out of my life in every way, which is fabulous. You know, it's just fabulous. fabulous. And like I said, I'm totally clean on the issue and I really do genuinely wish for him the very best. Like I wish, wish him well I have, and I'm grateful for who I'm grateful for his role in how I, who I am today. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. I'm not grateful for the things that he did. Yeah, exactly. For the lessons that I learned. I'm great because there are a lot of gems that come out after you get over the hump. You know, if someone's Mm -hmm. listening today and they're going through the throes that they just found out, you know, their friend betrayed them, their husband betrayed them, whatever these things are, give yourself some time because this, like, Zen epiphany doesn't come for years. Like it takes a while. I mean, there was a good year that I was just like, right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it took me a long time. And I finally read, there was a book that really helped me called radical forgiveness uh, by Colin tipping. And it is a knock your socks off. Incredibly good book that helps you reframe um, uh, everything, whatever it is that is burdening you, whether it be, you know, relationship issues or, you know, uh, you know, stuff from your childhood, whatever, whatever burdens you're carrying, it takes you through a forgiveness process that is, is fantastic. 
um, and just helps you kind of reshift. And what, at the time I found it, I had I had sort of come to that awareness on my own um, through a lot of trial and error, and then found this book and had it all beautifully laid out. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'd had this, you know what I mean, two years ago. Yeah, but, but maybe so you weren't ready. Like yeah, I really yeah. believe that the stuff comes to us yeah. when we're ready. Because if you had handed me that book like two weeks after I filed for divorce, I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me? Like right, I am right. not doing all this. Like I am not. <laughs> you know, because it, so it will come to you and, and you know, you'll, you will get through it. Like these yeah. things that happen. Like, you know, when your mom is terminal cancer, you know, it's an awful process to go through. You will get through it and there will be a day you laugh again and, and, and feel good. You know, I yeah. don't think you ever get over the loss, but you learn to live with it. Yeah. You know, it's actually funny. I found that, that during the grieving process, when you get, go through something difficult, that it's like, I've always, before I went through something hard, I always thought that happy and sad were opposites, that you were either happy or you were sad. And then I found from my experience that it was like, I had two separate dials. I had the happy dial and I had the sad dial. And it was possible for me to be really, really happy and really, really sad yes, at the same exact at the time. same time. Yeah, which was confusing at the time. And it great because wouldn't it be awful if your life was just all doom and gloom, right? Right. <laughs> so, well, then you'd probably be bipolar. Like, you're right, right, like yeah, yeah. Maybe but their yeah, styles are merged or something. Emotions yeah. are complex. And when you look at, like, sadness is different than grief. Like, yeah sadness is a component of grief. Like when you're grieving, you know, there's confusion, there's, there's like ruminating, there's lack of sleep, there's all these things. And was I sad? Yes. But sadness didn't cover the hole in my heart. And like my friend Janet lost her son at the same time. Jack Jack uh, died uh, at age four from pediatric uh, brain cancer, DIPG. Oh, wow. My mom died five days later. So oh my gosh. Janet and I were friends and we were grief buddies and we would walk around and you know, people would like <laughs> run from us. We had dead kid lady, dead mom lady, and you know, our eyes are swollen and you know, and we would just sit together and have tea or sit together out and she'd talk about Jack. I would talk about my mom and two totally different experiences, but with shared grief. You know, I'm not saying mine or hers were any worse. I think hers is worse. I think losing a child is worse than losing a parent. I think losing a parent is kind of the natural order of things. Right. Yeah. Child isn't. And, you know, and he suffered like my mom. And so we could talk about the hospital. We could talk about the drugs and talk about some things, but we could also laugh because when I would tell people and, you know, hopefully you'll, you will laugh at this one, but when my mom was being interred, they didn't tell me to not walk on the green carpet, that the green carpet covers the hole, but oh. they put the urn on the table. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, no. They put the urn on the table in the green carpet. I thought you'd put the table over the hole. That's what I would do. So yeah. people like me going up to <laughs> eulogize your mom, don't step in the hole and fall in up to your knee in front of everybody. <laughs> My brother took a picture and put it on Facebook. So I can text you the picture and you'll see me grab the table like, whoa! That would be a really, really good photo. It'd be a good photo for this episode of stepping into your personal power. Yes, to how to fall into your mother's grave by Sandra Beck. But, you know, there's funny in that. 
Now, was it sad? Yes, mm-hmm. my mom's gra- grave, my mom's ashes are putting in the ground. Of course, it's a terrible, horrible story. Right. <laughs> you know, and Janet tells me this great story about in trying to relieve Jack's symptoms from the steroids, she made her own, this was before pot was legal in California, she made her own CBD oil. Like she went out to Malibu, bought from the guy that she knew was, everything was clean. And then she, I don't know, boiled the oil. I don't know, whatever she did. <laughs> but she knew from, from anecdotal evidence from other countries that the CBD oil would help this, the effects of the steroids. And oh, wow. could stimulate his um, eating, you know, things like that. So, you know, you're a yeah. mother, you're going to try anything for your Oh, child yeah, for sure. To give them relief. So she was telling me how she was rubbing it on his belly and rubbing it on his belly. And she's like, all of a sudden, she's like, I was floating out of my body. Because she didn't put any gloves on. So the oil with the stuff, whatever that stuff was, you know, and it wasn't like it was medical grade. So she's high as a kite. Her kid's high as a kite. You know, we would laugh. You know, but, you know, most people won't find those things funny. Right, right. But when you're grieving, you need to do, I really think you need a grieving buddy, like a grieving yeah. support buddy where you can laugh and you can cry and you can just point out the lunacy of some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's all the way around for whatever it is that you're grieving. I totally agree because it just is part of that validation is that this, yes, this is a real experience. It's, I mean, that's, that is the struggle in the beginning is trying to understand that this, yes, has happened and and sort of trying to come to terms with the fact of whatever it is, the fact that it happened. Yeah. yeah. One fact can shift everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're just, you know, and that's, I think about coming into your power because everybody's going to have something in their lifetime. Yeah. And yeah, it's more true. than one. Yeah. And something, and I think that they are, they really are an opportunity. And I, I believe that they're all purposeful. I believe that yeah. those big events are pre-planned and they're there to serve us. And it's like they're markers along our lifespan that one way or another, we're going to get to this point and it's going to disrupt and help to send us in on a different path. Right. And, you know, and, and they have different purposes. Like sometimes it's resolving old karma. Sometimes it's because you're trying to wake up, right? Sometimes it's whatever it is. But, but I think it is, um, it's, it takes, it takes a while, right? It's not a, it's not instant. It's not like something, one of these things happen. And just because you're aware then all of a sudden you're all better. It's like we talked about is it, it takes, it takes some working to get to the place where you can release everything that you need to release and get to a place where you're feeling, where you're getting the benefits of it. Right. 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 You got to kind of ride through the storm. I mean, that's yeah. really what it is. Cause there's, you know, I, I wrote in my day planner, I have one of those Franklin planners and I wrote in my day planner, a C every day that I cried because I, I knew that if I got to like 90 days, like I would have to go like get some drugs or get some, you know, like <laughs> but I look back and go, I didn't fight it, you know, and yeah. I didn't walk around town crying to anybody who most of the crying I did was at my desk or I used to take this walk up the mountain by my house and I would get to a certain trigger point like beyond where most people would walk on the hike and cry and I would and I didn't even know half the time why I was crying but it was this release of energy and sometimes it would bubble up so deep that I wonder if it was like lifetimes yeah yeah so you just kind of roll with it you know put yourself in a safe environment put yourself in an environment where you're not going to bother or disturb other people yeah 
just let it rip. And, you know, sometimes it would, I would get so hot. I was like the heat miser. My whole body would be on fire. Yeah. As this energy, I don't know if it releases or passes through me, but whatever it did, it left. Yeah. Yeah. And that heat is, that heat is, I think that's what it is, is that it is the release. It's things, the energy moving and releasing, and it generates a lot of heat. And I think that crying is like the best thing that you can do, right? Is it helps it to move through you as long as it's um, not self-pitying crying, right? If you, if you're constantly telling yourselves, telling yourself the bad story over and over and over again and making it worse for yourself, that can be, that can be a destructive cycle. It can be a, a certain cycle. Yeah. But if you're just crying to release, crying because you're trying to release it, that's, that's really constructive. Well, and it'll bubble up and it usually happens. Like I think the difference is my self-pity cries. I yeah. still, my releasing cries, I was always moving. I could be on the treadmill. I could be hiking. Yeah. I could be in my spin bike. Yeah. I could be, you know, in one of my Krav Maga classes. Like if you want to see what's in you, take a martial arts class, just a normal one. You're not trying to be like Karate Jane. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I took this Krav Maga, which is Israeli martial arts. And the one thing they had us do was punch the bag. Oh, wow. And I would be punching the bag, punch the bag. And I'd look around, there'd be like five of us moms, all like tears running down <laughs> our face. Because there's something about the process of punching yeah. that starts to release emotion. And I don't yeah. even know what I was bawling for like, yeah, like I was bawling for any specific thing. It just was releasing. And, you know, and then after you feel so good, yeah, a good cry is almost violent. A good cry isn't just sitting there weeping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree that it gets things moving that, that I notice. So I'm, I'm also a healer and I can do hands-on healing. And when I do that with people, I notice that, that, um, they will get really, really hot or that the energy is just going through becomes in that heat is, I think it's cathartic. Is it, it's, it's like, it's pushing through and burning through resistance and helping to push it out. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. something, you know, I'll mm-hmm. do that. It's something, um, yeah. Well, you know what? We're, boy, we're at the top of the hour. So I need to say goodbye to you. This was super fun. How can people find out more about you? Uh, AnnTucker.com is where you can learn. I have lots of links there to the different things that I'm involved in, both Wisdom Soup and my book, Undoubtedly Awesome, and my business coaching program, which teaches you the seven different forms of manifestation that are needed to grow your business. It's called Business Energetics. It's there as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you guys will be back again next week. I hope you got some personal power from any of the trauma that you're going through in your life. And just hold on to the fact that you will get through this. It will get better. You will get to the other side and create some gems out of it if you do the work. We'll be back again next week. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.